See the passion in your eyes. Sometimes it's all a big surprise. There was a time when all I did was wish you tell me this was love. Vanessa, what are you doing on this podcast? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You put those boobies away. (laughs) Are you recording uh, on your end, Kate? Yeah, dog. Now that's scary, you guys. Caitlin singing. Do it. Well, yep. Speaking of saving the best for last, uh, welcome to Under the Pendulum. (laughs) I'm Chris Weber. Here, as always, is Heather Weber. Hello. And joining us from once again from Los Angeles, it's Caitlin. Los Angeles. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So, yeah, this will be the last uh, episode in our 80s horror movie series, and uh, it is going to be Heather's. It is. It is. It is 1987's Evil Dead 2. Yay! Get that hairspray out. Play that Tetris. Let's go. Let's go down time capsule into the past. Uh, so this one was, as you both have said, a very, very hard choice. And I don't know if I can say it's actually my favorite, but it's absolutely on the top of my favorite. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And purists, do not at me about not picking the first one. I love the original, as all of you do, but it doesn't hold quite the same charm as the second movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say so. Man, that deer head carries the movie. That's the best part. (laughs) I mean, it's it's inventive. It's funny, rife with like slapstick humor. Yes, and Mm -hmm. the effects are top notch. It's it's really got a great recipe. Gross as only Sam Raimi can. Yes. Yeah, I love his style. He's yeah, yeah, he's close to my heart. So, uh, the cast is Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, Sarah Barry as Annie Noby, Dan Hicks as Jake, Cassie Wesley as Bobby Joe, Denise Bixler as Linda, Richard Damier as Professor Ed Getley, John Peaks as Professor Noby, Lou Hancock as Henrietta Noby, Ted Raimi as Possessed Henrietta, and William Preston Robertson as the voice of the Evil Dead. Wait, re- who is who is possessed, Henrietta? Uh, Sam Raimi's brother, Ted. <laughs> what? Come yeah. to yeah, Henrietta. Not, thinking back, I, I didn't realize it was a, a you know had that many people in the cast. You, you think yeah. it's like only just this core of of like I don't know like five or six people. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it wow. is for the most part like the the parents, Professor and Henrietta, like before the shit hits the fan. That's right, yeah. They're yeah. only in there for like a short amount of time. That's true, yeah. Wait, so is, it was was Tom Raimi's voice Henrietta as well? Yeah, Ted, uh, he did speak the role and I think they went in and like did some effects to his voice after the fact. Wow. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes footage from it though and you can definitely hear his voice coming through on it. Oh my yep, God. Nice. So I'm going to be a cheapo. And uh, I'm going to read the synopsis off of, of Wikipedia just because it there's so much happens. This is like a freight train of shit happening. Like We're deducting 10 points off your final grade. It's okay. Well, but we <laughs> pay know? good money uh, for Wikipedia to be really good, right? Right? Sure. That's right. That's how Wikipedia works, right? <laughs> I, I figured they couldn't fuck up the synopsis. No, exactly. you probably safe exactly. bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. So Ash Williams, played by Bruce Campbell, and his girlfriend Linda take a romantic vacation to a seemingly abandoned cabin in the woods. While in the cabin, 
Ash plays a tape of archaeologist Raymond Noby, the cabin's, cabin's previous inhabitant, reciting passages from the Book of the Dead, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, which he has discovered during an archaeological dig. The recorded, the recorded. <laughs> Girl, you recorded. <laughs> The recorded incantation unleashes an evil force that kills and later possesses Linda, turning her into a deadite. Ash is then forced to decapitate her with a shovel and bury her near the cabin. <laughs> At dawn, the evil force throws Ash through the woods. Ash briefly becomes possessed by the demon, but when day breaks, the force is gone, and Ash returns to normal. Ash attempts to flee the area, but finds that the bridge leading to the cabin has been destroyed. The spirit chases Ash back to the cabin where Linda's revived head attacks him, biting his hand. <laughs> Ash brings Linda's severed head to the shed, where her headless body attacks him with a chainsaw. <laughs> Ash gains the upper hand and slashes the deadite Linda to death, killing her a second time, and the final time. Ash's right hand becomes possessed and tries to kill him, and Ash severs it with a chainsaw. Oh, yes. <laughs> Ash then attempts to shoot the severed hand with a shotgun. The hand mocks him and ultimately gets away. Meanwhile, Noby's daughter, Annie, and her research partner, Ed, return from the dig with the missing pieces of the Necronomicon in tow, only to find the destroyed bridge. They enlist the help of locals Jake and Bobby Joe to guide them along an alternate trail oh, to the cabin. Mm -hmm. The four of them find an embattled Ash at the cabin. Mistakenly concluding that Ash murdered the Nobis, they lock him in the cabin cellar. The four new arrivals listen to a recording of Nobi detailing that his wife Henrietta was possessed by the Kandarian demon and that he killed her and he buried her in the cellar. Henrietta, now a deadite, possesses Ed. Ash dismembers him with an axe. Bobby Joe tries to escape but is attacked by the demon trees and dragged to her death. Annie translates two of the Necronomicon's pages before Jake turns on them and throws the pages into the cellar, forcing them at gunpoint to go look for Bobby Joe. Ash becomes possessed once again oh, and yeah. yeah. Ash becomes possessed once again and incapacitates Jake. Annie returns to the cabin and accidentally stabs Jake, mistaking him for the possessed Ash, and drags him to the cellar door, where he is killed by Henrietta. Deadite Ash tries to kill Annie but returns to his normal self when he sees Linda's necklace. With Annie's help, Ash modifies the chainsaw and attaches it to the stump where his right hand had been. And that's the famous groovy scene. Yep. <laughs> After finding the missing pages of the Necronomicon in the cellar, Ash kills Henrietta. The trees outside begin to unleash destruction on the cabin. Anna reveals that she had only read the first half of the incantation. The woods attack the house as Annie starts to read the second half. As she reads it, she is stabbed in the back by Ash's severed hand with a Kandarian dagger. <laughs> she falls to the floor and manages to to complete the incantation before succumbing to her wound. The incantation opens up a whirling temporal vortex, which not only draws in the demon, but nearby trees, Ash's Oldsmobile Delta 88, and Ash himself. Ash and his Oldsmobile land in the year 1300 AD. He is then confronted by a group of knights who initially mistake him for a deadite, but they are quickly distracted when a real deadite appears. Ash blasts the harpy-like deadite with his shotgun, and is hailed as a hero who has come to save them, at which point he breaks down and screams. And that sets the stage for Army of Darkness. So mm -hmm. that's the whole movie. <laughs> wow, it's so, I had forgotten so funny. all I was, that. I was trying to explain the movie to somebody at, at my work, and yeah. uh, as I was, I was just like, 
you know, it's a movie with like demons and like the guy's got a chainsaw arm and it just sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> I you know. know. As I was reading the synopsis out loud, I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah man, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that is a lot of content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it all happens so fast and so furiously. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of kind of nonstop like action, like just like constantly something's happening. Nonstop yeah. laughs. Yeah. It is. It's so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. Oh my gosh! So you can't really talk about Evil Dead Two without like kind of giving a bit of a background on Evil Dead One. Mm-hmm. So Rob Tappert, one of the founders of Renaissance Pictures and co-producers on the Evil Dead films, met Sam Raimi in college in the late 70s. Sam and his older brother Ivan took advantage of Michigan State University's discounts in renting out campus auditoriums to screen some of Sam's older high school Super 8 films that he worked on with Bruce Campbell. And he and Bruce were childhood friends. Oh, I didn't know that. was interesting. Yeah. So Sam dropped out of university after three semesters to begin producing Evil Dead, which was first filmed as a short called Within the Woods that was made to attract investors and studio interest. Mm. So they started filming Evil Dead in Morristown, Tennessee in 1979 in a small cabin they rebuilt from the inside out. They filmed with like a seven or eight person crew and their original budget of 150K that they wanted was blown to 500K. Oh, wow. But they got it done. Everybody who worked on the original Evil Dead recalls that it was miserable because of the inexperience and the very low budget. Scenes had to be redone over and over. Oh, man. And they used cheap materials for, like, the special effects makeup, like acrylic paint In the on first actor's one? skin. Yeah. Yeah, it was and canned really food. bad. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> so injuries to the actors were very common. Uh, they recall that Sam seemingly tried to torture everybody. Uh, to amp oh, up the emotion no. in their performance. Oh. <laughs> so tried and true, man. Just <laughs> yeah. fucking terrorize your actors. But he fucked up Bruce Campbell the worst. Like, oh, it, really? he really just threw anything he could at Bruce, and Bruce was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it, you know? Because they're friends, too. <laughs> but I, I did watch uh, Evil Dead, The Untold Saga. It was like a, a documentary about the first one. Mm-hmm. And you can see in these women's faces that acted in it that they still held resentment about what they were put through. Jesus, really? Yeah, they're pissed. (laughs) So all of these hardships aside, Evil Dead gained serious traction after its 1982 overseas release, and then in the U.S. in 1983, from word-of-mouth grindhouse showings and video release. Raimi was actually put on trial in England for obscenity charges, and it was... The first movie was dubbed a video nasty. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, it is it is pretty like, I mean, they're not what good effects, that? but they're gross. You know, it's like very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a video nasty is like banned films in the UK, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre falls in there. Um, a ha- Cannibal Holocaust is one of them. Um, there's several nasty? of them. Never heard video of video nasty. Before. Yeah. That sounds like a sweet-ass rap name. <laughs> Video nasty. World premiere. But, I mean, <laughs> and as as we know, with like parental guidance labels on CDs, you, you know, Video Nasty is kind of like that. So cool. that's a one-way ticket to it's becoming a, an instant horror classic. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so this pre- I, I have to say real quick, I just, all I can hear in my head from the first Evil Dead is just that, that girlfriend's voice. Like, <laughs> 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 I know. 
<laughs> the voiceover work is so ridiculous in both of them. Uh, I love yeah. it. So funny. So this brings us to Evil Dead 2. Ooh, I have little, little bubbles in my throat. I'm not tickling there. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're not getting Sin- possessed. Uh, Dad, by Dawn. Dad, by Dawn. Since this film is so special effects heavy and production was much smoother for the sequel than it was for the first one, I'll be talking about the effects more so than anything else. But before we get to the effects, I wanted to talk about kind of the issues that arose before this was produced. Mm. So Sam Raimi was poised to produce Evil Dead 2, and the storyline was originally conceptualized to be more like Army of Darkness, its original title being Medieval Dead. That's crazy. Isn't it? (laughs) But there came a number of roadblocks. Advertisements in trade magazines were put out, but ultimately Universal and Fox passed on it. So instead, Raimi went on to produce Crime Wave, another movie he did. But critics and audiences were disinterested. In fear of another flop ending his career, Raimi pushed forward in resurrecting Dead 2. However, they were having trouble with finding funding. Enter Stephen King. What? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) It's somewhat of a complicated story, but previously King had written a absolute shining review of the first Evil Dead in Twilight Zone magazine. He loved it. Yeah. And he drew a lot of attention to it. But, well, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. But while King was directing the beloved classic Maximum Overdrive. Oh, God. I've never even seen that piece of shit. Oh, it's horrible. (laughs) Uh, He was having dinner with one of the crew members that had been previously interviewed by Raimi for Evil Dead 2. The crew member told King about the financial hardships the production was having. So King called up the producer Dino De Laurentiis, who was working with King on a series of his own adaptations, and asked him to fund the film. Although Dino was at first skeptical, he ended up financing the film for $3.6 million of the $4 million desired budget. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Man, right? it's just that fucking phone <laughs> call. They're just those people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it it's funny how just a, like a, a random kind of conversation between these two people kind of yeah, you know, kick, kickstarts the project. Yeah, Like casual yeah, yeah. harassment, I'm sure. Like, hey, buddy, what's up? How you doing? What you thinking about? You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he you can say a lot of things about him, but he sure is, you know, amazing with trying to support people up and coming and like if people he believes in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was really cool of him to do. So another funny thing about... Uh, that kind of helped Sam Raimi realize the comedic vision of Evil Dead 2. He did a lot of short films with his friends, you know, as I said before. And there's one that they did called Attack of the Helping Hand, where Raimi was, he played the milkman, and it was written by his friend Scott Spiegel. Okay. It's about the uh, the hamburger helper hand coming to life, and he's a real, I don't know, nasty motherfucker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, uh, saying crude things to this woman, so she, like, Tries to drown it and put it in the blender and stuff. There's a lot of Evil Dead Two stuff in there. That's a, that's actually really and that's great. real. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it on YouTube, and I and I urge you to do that because it's really funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it. I had no idea about that. <laughs> the hamburger brand. <laughs> so and also with the comedic vision of the second one, uh, it's really obvious, but. Sam Raimi is like a huge Three Stooges fan, mm-hmm. and there's like direct gags from Three Stooges uh, shorts that he puts into the movie. Yeah, 
So uh, the original Evil Dead depicts every character dying. So it was decided that they would reimagine the first film, pretending the events of the original never happened. So it's kind of like, is it a sequel or is it a remake? It's kind of both. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of a debate, <laughs> really. Yeah, um, it changes significantly. Like a, a do-over. <laughs> and, I, and I really think this was influenced because Raimi wanted to use shots from the original Evil Dead to, you know, insert it into the beginning of the second one. But um, New Line wouldn't give Raimi the rights for that. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. So they had to prepare a whole new beginning, um, and that's why we see kind of an altered storyline in that. Why wouldn't they give him the rights? Do you think? Just legal mumbo jumbo. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, they. Then I don't it wouldn't really be as why. much of theirs, and it would change, and ownership yeah. would change. Well. And I'm sure he was not getting those original actresses back either to yeah, reshoot no. those <laughs> scenes. I don't yeah. think he could have paid them enough money. So, <laughs> as I mentioned before. Special effects are a huge part of what really makes this movie an amazing and standout feature. A lot of camera tricks, too. And there is so fucking much here that I can only highlight some of the crew and their previous work. And then I'll talk about a select few of my favorite effects and what went into them. Yeah. Originally, Sam Raimi offered Tom Sullivan, who had headed the special effects on Dead One, a four-month contract to supervise all the special effects. Makeup, stop motion works. Tom knew that he was not going to be able to do this and it was way too much for him, way above his ability. So he opted to instead do just a couple of portions of the movie. Mm-hmm. So he did the stop motion Necronomicon in the beginning. Oh yeah. And then a few of the other stop motion bits, which is really cool to see how he did the the Necronomicon effects, you know how like it opens up and then the pages are kind of being like filled out and scribbled. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You can see it mm-hmm. happening. It's really cool to see how he did that. Um, Mark Showstrom was the supervisor of the makeup effects team, which included Robert Kurtz- Kurtzman, Howard Berger, Mike Tursick, Shannon Shea, Aaron Sims, and Tim Turner, with Greg Nicotero and Bryant Tusek. T- Tony Gardner was in charge of the foam latex. Dave Kindlin managed the mechanical effects, and Ven Hyde and his crew were in charge of general physical and mechanical effects. So this, this team of artists, and I've only named a fraction here, is massive. Wow. Uh, uh, Evil Dead 2 is the one where it's um, the girlfriend uh, comes up and it's like the dancing. Yeah. Um, with the like no. The stop motion. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> the that one. Scene. Actually, Doug Beswick and Rick Catazone did the stop motion for Evil Dead 2, and Beswick was the animator for the headless corpse of Linda dancing. Oh, nice. And uh, mm-hmm. Catazone did the scenes with Ash's disembodied crawling hand like going around the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's some giants on this crew. I don't know if you recognize any of these names, Kate, but I'm just going to talk a little bit about that. Oh, sure. Mark Showstrom, uh, he worked on From Beyond and Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah, I've definitely heard his name. Uh, he loved the original Evil Dead so much that when he heard there was going to be a sequel, he wrote to the distributor of the film, Aaron Shapiro, and asked that he forward a letter to Raimi. And six months later, Sam Raimi called him and asked if he would work on the film. That's super awesome. Isn't that cool? I'd love to do that. (laughs) So Greg Nicotero, probably the biggest guy on this whole thing, he had worked on Day of the Dead and Creepshow 2 leading up to Evil Dead 2. He started his career on Day of the Dead and met George Romero through his uncle, who was an actor in another one of his movies, The Crazies. And he found himself 
like creating the role of makeup effects coordinator on Day of the Dead. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so through this experience, he, he landed the role on his role on Evil Dead 2 and a longstanding relationship with Sam Raimi that has taken them through 30 plus years of collaboration. Wow. Yeah. There are too many to name. Like the projects he's been involved in is just fucking insane how many big productions he's had his hands in. But uh, some of them are Predator, Misery, Pulp Fiction, Ooh. Scream, Ooh. The Green Mile, Hostel, The Walking Dead, Damn, and dude. Suicide Squad, just to name this a few. Nicotero wow. fellow? Yeah, wow. Greg Nicotero. Damn, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, another giant on this SFX crew was Mike Tersick, known from his work on a little film called Jurassic Park. Oh. Uh... <laughs> where he just only sculpted the paleontological models of dinosaurs, of, like, all the dinosaurs, and he puppeteered the T-Rex. Those if are I'm beautiful mis- sculpts. And, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, the guitarist from Tool also worked on Jurassic Park. Um, I oh, think did he? Doing some, yeah, he some was d- at Stan Win- Winston's, Winston's studio. Mm-hmm. Like, that one's one yeah. of the biggest. Yeah, oh, That's cool. Because I think he also worked on Alien, too, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. first Alien. Wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I really recommend, <laughs> I, I know they're not even, like, paying me to say this but stan winston school you pay 20 bucks a month you could have unlimited access to tutorials about whatever the fuck you want to learn for practical special effects that's it, really 20 bucks a month 20 bucks a month fabrication it teaches you mold making armatures Dude, wow. texturizing painting everything you can do zoom classes like that's crazy it's, it's really cheap it's yeah. such yeah. a good resource. Yeah, I Damn. I did it for like four months, but I never had time to use it, so I didn't. But it was still really, really, really awesome. That's, that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I mean, beyond that, there are honestly too many great artists that work on this crew that worked on the crew to name them all and their accomplishments. So I apologize for that because I really kind of wanna highlight the special effects and honor them all but it, it's just so, such a massive undertaking yeah the yeah, be oh, yeah over an hour sure. just naming people you could, <laughs> yeah i could do an eight-part series on just the special effects for this i mean movie. it's a supernatural zombie movie essentially like crazy. yeah it's all special effects it's absolutely insane so uh showstrom he was the one who headed the the makeup special effects for the most part uh they had 12 weeks to his crew had 12 weeks to complete the effects which there were like 105 shots with makeup effects in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had to ship most of the sculpts and like the large pieces from Pasadena, California to North Carolina. Mm, and then they wow. traveled there. Yeah, then they had to travel there for production. In that little small town in North Carolina, I was watching one of these um, documentaries. And one of the crew rem- members recalls that there is still segregation happening in the town in 1986. Wow. There was like a white laundromat, a division in restaurants, and like the movie theater had like a white and black entrance in it. Jesus, really? Yeah. Is it the South Carolina? Uh, North. North Carolina. North Carolina. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, nice, right? I couldn't believe it. Podunk yeah. Well, I mean, um, yeah. I guess they were, you know, but I don't know. There, there were still like sundown towns in the, yeah. night, you know. I know. Dad even talked about that shit when we were, ki- or you guys were kids in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Where so I was crazy. born. That's crazy. Yeah. So they used a school complex as production headquarters, much like Creepshow, as you talked about. Um, oh, cool. The special effects artists used the science lab as a workshop, and there was a set built in the gymnasium, which I wow. think also happened in Creepshow. 
That's awesome. They also had a. That. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also had a small house built out in the country where they all lived together during production. The special effects guys. It had Cute. no air conditioning, yeah. but they remembered this location fondly. And I also read a really fun side note on this too, and that has to do with the Book of the Dead. Okay. So as Sullivan, the stop motion animator, was living in this kind of frat house of sorts with the rest of the special effects <laughs> guys. Fucking drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was up, loser? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, one of the guys left their dirty underwear on the back of the toilet, which fucking infuriated Tom so much that he wrote a message to them in one of the lost pages. <laughs> so you, it says, Ray is an asshole and he can go fuck himself with a weasel. And you can see this in the movie That's, um, uh... <laughs> on the Vortex page, like right after Whoa. the vine attack scene. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. That's awesome. That's so, funny. <laughs> so now I'm just going to go through a couple of the special effects I thought were super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> now, you know, when one of the big things in Evil Dead is when they would take the camera and like the glass would break and like it'd go through the house and break doors and stuff down. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, like you're the, you're the entity. Yes. Um, like, like barreling through the house. Exactly. Mm. He invented that, right? Yeah. It's called the Rambo cam. Wow. It, it moves. It's the camera's mounted, mounted on a cart with like a Ram in front of it, like positioned in front of the lens. Oh, neat. And that's how they achieved the effect. You just basically, like push, yeah, they just like literally just plowed the camera through. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that is so funny, Ramo Cam. I know. I thought that was a cute name. <laughs> Another one I wanted to mention was um, I couldn't even conceive how they did this when I watched the movie, but like hearing about how they did it was just absolutely insane. So during the first few minutes of the film, right after the recap, there's a scene where Ash is being catapulted through the forest. Like he's being pushed by oh, the he's demon like, and he's spinning. And you everything. guys remember way more than I do, and I just fucking <laughs> saw this thing. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, this is actually a really inventive and amazing feat, which it took an entire day just to get this five minute shot. Wow. <laughs> or five second shot. I'm sorry, five seconds. So they rigged Bruce Campbell to a rotating mechanism, rigged that to a crane Uh-oh. that was mounted to a car Uh-oh. that they'd. That they drove down a straight two-mile road. Yikes. Make sure you don't eat any lunch before this shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Campbell actually made a comment about that. Wow. Uh, Raimi had the control that would spin him. Mm. And <laughs> as they drove down the road, crew members would get in line to smack Bruce Campbell upside the head with like tree branches. <laughs> oh, to make it look no. like he was hitting the trees. <laughs> Poor guy. So it's it you know it's no surprise that Raimi was at it again, taking any chance to torture Bruce Campbell <laughs> throughout the second movie's production as well. Yeah. But you know Campbell was always a sport; he did anything. I'm, I'm sure that's like a for like a friendship thing. Like, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know. I mean, he was probably t- fuck with each other so. Oh bad. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Bruce Campbell was in like tip top shape too, and he ate like a Spartan knight as one of the or Spartan gladiators one of the actresses said of him like what like what do you mean <laughs> like clean eating and uh oh, just working wow. out like a madman yeah 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 that's this... a good idea i mean he is he's cut in that movie oh yeah <laughs> and they're not afraid to show it off Zena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as i mentioned before ted Raimi, sam's brother played henrietta 
the undead mother character. And this was his first professional movie role. And he was not spared by Sam either. <laughs> nice. Um, She's probably, probably my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Sam, I mean, Ted probably had it the worst out of anybody. The suit that he wore was fucking massive. Like, mm-hmm. not only all this, like, latex he was wearing, but underneath that, there were sacks of, like, beans, like, sewed to a, uh, like, a leotard he was wearing. So, so that the fat would jiggle in all the right places. <laughs> so it was incredibly heavy. And he would sit in the makeup department anywhere from three to eight hours to apply it every day. You know how when they're possessed in the movie, they have like the white eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the contacts that they wore made them, made them completely blind. Oh, oh okay. So like you couldn't see wow. Okay, wow. at all. So they would actually have to run through the scenes and rehearse them without the contacts in. And then they would pop them in and, like, redo the scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of, like, muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Oh, my God. She's disgusting. I never saw the full body thing. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted kept getting dirt in his eyes because he spends most of the time, like, right at the, the cellar door level with his head just kind of sticking out. Yeah, yeah. So he keeps getting sand in his eyes and he's like screaming and he's in pain. And, you know, Sam's like, come on, buddy, don't be a baby. You're fine. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah. I can handle and, uh, a lot, but eye stuff, no. Yeah. Ugh. It must have been horrible. So a Ted obviously passed out several times in that suit. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he. I saw him with oxygen on. He was just miserable. And he would sweat so much that they would have to drain the sweat by opening, like, the leg and the foot part. And just puddle of sweat mixed with powder would come pouring out. And, like, in addition to how disgusting that form is, like, oh, my God. Yeah, and <laughs> you can it's actually like a see Spinal Tap or something like. Yeah, like... it's 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 absolutely unsettling. Ugh. Um, but you can see this sweat in in the movie in sure. one one cut of it, where he is. Um, remember where he's spinning on the harness above Annie? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. toward the end, mm-hmm. he tilts his head, and this like white goo comes just pouring out of the ear hole, just. Oh, so that's that's not that's, that's not an effect. Sweat. Oh, wow, yeah. that's crazy. That's actual sweat. That's actually kind of like it's creep. It's like gross, yeah. though. You know, it's, it's cool. <laughs> die that way. Oh no, I know, man. Yeah, he, he probably he... like yeah, probably dropped a few pounds, man. Oh yeah, they said he just kept kept shedding weight like crazy wow. during the filming of that. Yeah, ever sweating that much, dude? That's that's insane. Yeah. So the suit had ripped across the center, like in the back, during a botched take. And you can actually see this like famously in the movie where when again when Henrietta is floating up in the air and spinning, there's like a huge fucking rip in the ass and you can see his skin underneath and like his red underwear peeking out. What? <laughs> I'm looking at a yeah. too. That was so funny. <laughs> and I've always noticed that too when I've watched really, the movie. Really, I, I don't I, remember it all. You can yeah. barely see the underwear, but like you can see this big like flapping ass like rip in the suit. That's so funny. He just like kept it. It's just like, <laughs> eh, you know. I know. I wonder if they just, yeah, that was the best what? take or something it's like, like that. It's like the white tennis shoes and pumpkin head. They're like, we paid yes. so much for this already. <laughs> like no one's going to notice. Everybody noticed. Yeah. And everybody noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Danny Hicks, who plays Danny, the simple country bumpkin with the impossibly hot girlfriend. 
He recalls that his scene almost, his death scene nearly killed him. Aww. So when he dies, he's he's dragged down through the trap door of the cabin by Henrietta. And then he's hung upside down in a harness. When that While that happens, 55 gallons of blood shoots out of the cabin uh, floorboard in, 50, in like 3.5 seconds. And it was hosed through the opening of that door. Okay. But on the first take, the hose was misaligned, and the blood ended up hitting that door and going right back into his face, almost drowning him. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they had to do another take after that. <laughs> wow. But that didn't deter him. He wanted, he decided to go into uh, acting professionally after that, and he's been in a lot of Raimi's movies ever since. Oh. And another one is Cassie Wesley. She played Bobby Joe. And Mm -hmm. this was her first and only theatrical film. (laughs) But she went on to become a soap actress. So she she became big in like the soap opera world. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, good for her. Good for her. I know. (laughs) And the revamped tree rape scene has a lot of fascinating techniques they used. Um, And it's a lot more tame than the original tree rape scene was. I know, I hate that shit. I kind of don't like it, but whatever, you know. Yes, neither did the actress, I'll tell (laughs) (laughs) you. Did not appreciate it. But uh, this one's a little bit more fun. There's really no rape. It's just her, like, getting abducted by vines. She's, like, restrained. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, in this scene, she was dragged across the forest floor by evil vines, which root themselves into her skin as she's being dragged. Oh, yeah, I remember that to achieve this effect, she was placed on a board with a window cut out behind her head so you could see the ground moving behind her. And they pulled her head first on top of this board. And then they shoved vines into the appliance on her face <laughs> and slowly pulled them out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they reversed this footage for the movie so it appears she's being dragged instead of pulled and that the vines are going in instead of coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty fucking cool. That's neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Where the where the they, they go into her face. Yeah, yeah that's this fucking. <laughs> yeah, it was really gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Ed, the yuppie boyfriend of Annie, the blonde haired fucking douchebag, turns into evil Ed, he has a really insane like mask on with like rows of teeth in it, and his yes. mouth is like. I do remember and... that. I wonder who designed <laughs> that face because it's pretty. Weirdo art, intense kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it was actually based upon a facial expression that he gave them during the audition. Really? Yeah. He's like, I just did my ugliest demon face I could. <laughs> He's really full of himself, by the way. But <laughs> to accompany this mask with the multiple rows of teeth, they gave him these huge dentures that would like give him another row of teeth inside his mouth. Mm-hmm. And he was not able to close his mouth. When he had these things in. So he was just like drooling uncontrollably when he had them in. <laughs> and Sam Raimi was like, that's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's just funny to see. You could see footage of him just drooling. Like, God, ah, dude, like the bodily fluids in this fucking movie. <laughs> I know. Dude. Yeah. Did yeah, someone shit their pants while they're at it? Ugh. <laughs> Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> So I, you know, I wish I could talk about so many more of the effects because there are just, there's literally over a hundred and they're incredible. But like, if you have not seen this movie, you have to, you go right now to Hulu and watch it. Yes. You don't have to watch the first one. Mm -mm. Just get what's happening. 
If anything, just watch it to see the amazing camera tricks and practical effects that went into this movie. Yeah. It is an assault of artistic expression, and it is <laughs> truly fantastic. That's a good. No, I was just thinking that that's a good word, assault, because it, it is. It is almost like nonstop. It is like just action. Things yeah, are it's happening fun. constantly. It's really yeah, it's really not like a moment of chill. No, <laughs> I mean the most boring part I would say is probably between minute seven and minute ten, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean anything that's reminiscent of like Looney Tunes, like you know, just like yes. in like uh, Twilight Zone the movie and stuff like that, like any right. kind of like you know the deer and the laughing books and that whole like possession. That's scene. That's my favorite right. scene. Yes, and then when when Bruce Campbell is doing the hand. That's some amazing shit that he does with like his hand, like taking control and just like oh, making yeah, it yeah, look yeah. like it's not him controlling it's it. Almost like miming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and of course the laughing possessed cabin scene yeah. is one of my favorite scenes of all time. I mean, that's like the great thing about this movie. It's like it's got creepy parts. Like it's yeah. got pretty good special effects and makeup. Um, but it's just fun. Like it it's is. just it's like a very fun movie. It is um, fun. It doesn't take itself very seriously. No. But um, it's. Yeah, it's like one of the reasons it's so great. It is, and, and and but so much work and passion went into it. Like it's shot really well. It's a lot of innovation and in the way it was filmed. Um, also all the artists that went into it with all these different effects. It was just it's it's really beautiful, in a gross way. Yeah, and you know, and I guess I don't know if it's like a really like early, like horror comedy. Like I'm not sure if there was like one quite like it before then. Yeah, I'm not really sure if there was anything like quite slapsticky like that yeah, in, like, in, in the, the horror, horror genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah, except like Abbott and Costello meet the mummy or yeah, some shit, you know, that, <laughs> like that's probably Dracula. the closest thing. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know because I, I was reading this academic article one time about how horror and comedy really work well together. I might have talked about this on another pod. Uh, yeah, I think we, did. we we may have. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just because they they kind of rely on the same kinds of things like in emotions it's sort of like the suspense of reality the unexpected um yeah. you know is, is what triggers uh you know fear or laughter and, and so like they're 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 seem like opposing forces but they work so well together yeah. and they can work so well together yeah um, they know. can mm-hmm. but that's the catch because it's when you've seen a, a badly done horror comedy, it's just the cringiest thing oh, you've yeah, ever fucking it's, seen. It's, in your oh life. my god! Like yeah. like they live in certain parts and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could think of other ones. Gosh, there's probably yeah. so many. God, they live. I mean, they, but then they live's pretty good. It's pretty good, but there are some just like cheese tastic parts. Oh, where you're like, yeah, come yeah. on, and like Terravision and like society. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where it's just forget like, Terravision. You're trying, but this is just awful. This is the worst. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a couple more points here. Yeah, sure. Um, just wanted to, of course, mention. Shout out to Raimi. You know, we've been talking about how he loves to torture his actors mm-hmm. and, you know, that he was the visionary of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's legendary at this point, not only because of Evil Dead, but he went on to direct a number of films, including the most probably popular Spider-Man adaptation, that that early 2000s Tobey Maguire vehicle. I fucking oh he he loved those? that yeah yes he did oh yeah. okay I uh hmm. yeah I didn't really, know that really loved that movie yeah. when it came out I was obsessed <laughs> with that movie 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think those are probably the most beloved Spider-Mans at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, I haven't seen them in a while, but... Um, not to like, mention Willem Dafoe. I'm not... Yeah, and I'm not into comic book movies yeah. or like or heroes and Mm-mm. stuff, but uh, it, I don't know those were those were good. It was yeah, like I enjoyed because that first X Men wasn't bad, so it was kind of yeah. around that same time where they like had some like pretty good adaptions. Yeah, mm-hmm. where they were just starting the engines on these comic book movies. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, before it just went to shit. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, despite us talking about him torturing his actors, everybody who worked with him on Evil Dead Two describes him as quirky kind and cool if not a little crazy uh and they say that he was hardworking, fun loving funny he knew exactly what he wanted and every person i saw interviewed for swallowed souls the documentary i watched on it they said they would work with him again in a heartbeat like nobody despite anything they put them through they just loved working with him he was a joy that's awesome, that's awesome. yeah i mean it seems like it'd be really fun to, to be a part of his like you know i guess maybe not the first one but like any of his movies I, i'm thinking yeah. about drag me to hell too oh my gosh um, yes but that's a really kind that of underrated but great great movie also that. Body yeah. fluids in that one are very yeah. yeah and also some silliness too right you know Definitely. Like, yeah <laughs> you kind of you kind of see him pull some old tricks um, out of his bag from mm-hmm. uh the evil dead absolutely evil dead yeah. yeah it's a total callback to that yeah i wonder if it's in the same universe in his mind you know oh like interesting yeah yeah kind of where demons are real and there's there oh, are these yeah. portals to, to hell or, or to yeah. a sort of like another supernatural reality um, yeah you know it's like yeah that's interesting i never thought about it as, as a as a maybe a universe yeah um it's wonder, so similar yeah. that i feel like it should be yeah like yeah yeah that's interesting i wonder if i wonder if he because you know it's like steve how stephen king has like a universe mm-hmm. like i don't know if he intentionally does but it seems like he intentionally he does, does at this um, point yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting i, I would yeah yeah, I should look that up. I yeah. should have looked into that. Oh, that's cool. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that yellow car, the Oldsmobile Delta? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently that appears on like every single Sam Raimi production. Like it's it's in there somewhere. It was in the Spider-Man movies. Oh. Um, It was also in a Western movie he did with, and it was disguised as a like carriage. Like they what? put a, a carriage topping the on Same it. vehicle? <laughs> Yeah, wow. and it was even in the 2013 remake. It's it's kind of junked in out back the cabin. So what what's really? the significance of the car? It was his parents' car. But it's that's it's his so actual sweet. parents' car. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. That's <laughs> really cool. really sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I always thought that was a fun tidbit Aww, about him. Cute. That's a good Easter egg, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course you can't talk about Evil Dead without talking about the Chin himself, Bruce Campbell. Um. <laughs> He's, he has a he has a like very chiseled gorgeous chin yeah, is that like a name on the internet dimple. for him or or did you give him that no he it's one of his nicknames yeah oh my god that's <laughs> so funny uh i feel like he really carried that movie just oh yeah just seamlessly um <laughs> and really the whole franchise and I, and I don't know if you guys have watched it through ash versus the evil dead uh-uh. um no and, I, I got pretty far but not um i didn't i didn't, I didn't quite finish it yeah I mean, I, I just love the way he has, like, the story has evolved and how he's evolved that character. I mean, it's it's so awesome through and through. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, um man, it's, uh in, in the show, what is it, he wants to retire to Jacksonville? Yes. Or <laughs> it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he just becomes like a sloppy-ass drunk loser. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when he's an older guy. Yeah. And I think that's just a great way to take it. 
Yeah, it's right. Yeah, because he gets. Uh, it's like in Army of Darkness, his characters is very like full of himself, snarky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, he just he's more like an innocent guy in the first one. Yes, you know? yeah. It's just like all oh, these horrible things happen to him. Yeah, <laughs> less stress, yeah, it's... as little amount of stress as possible. <laughs> it's a really cool evolution that he he does with this character. I mean, and his comedic performance, his slapstick, physical comedy, his willingness to endure anything at all. It's like with all of that in mind, it's impossible to imagine anybody else playing that. No, he really gives it his all in a way I don't I don't think anybody else would have. You know, and maybe it's like just their their relationship or maybe it's just like his, you know, a marriage of of their relationship and his acting style. But like, right. You know, it's just like, yeah, he really just goes for it and and sells it you know yeah he does and i mean he co-produces all these films too Mm -hmm. and he actually did a little bit of directing in the first one as well so he's had it's really kind of his baby yeah i guess that makes a lot of sense right yeah it's it's sort of yeah yeah. and nobody loses their marbles like he does (laughs) that's right (laughs) not even cage Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. so um yeah that's my 80s horror pick and you know although it's Thank you. I yeah, it's it's a great movie, um, and it's again nearly impossible for me to pick a favorite film from this decade. You know, yeah. so I, yeah. in the beginning of of the first one, I was gonna kind of list off some of the big yeah. ones, but it's just yeah. like there are too many great, so many. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like like Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, you know, you got Friday the Thirteenth. You got you know like Chucky, Shining, The Shining. What were yeah, some I mean, of your like, picks that you didn't that didn't make it? Your runner, so some of my picks. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I used to really like Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was like, it was probably like my favorite, but it was almost like liking a. I liked it in a way that other kids like superhero movies. Right. Freddie was a goofball. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like the. Yeah. Oh, I, I I loved it. I thought it was like one of my favorites, but um, but it was like, it yeah, it was like looking at Freddy Krueger almost like a. I don't know, like a superhero, but not in like a <laughs> not in that kind of way. But it's that same sort of like um, a reverence of a yeah. of a character. Yeah, kind of like know? a Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's sort, sort of, of like character. your yeah. if you know any horror fan, early horror fan. It's like your yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, hero, I understand. I guess. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's you know, and of course they he gets more ridiculous as the movies go on. Oh yeah. Um, welcome to prime time. Yeah, bitch. welcome to prime time, bitch. It's the best line <laughs> ever. I love he that. He says bitch a lot more. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. There was um. Try to think of some other ones. Yeah, I, was I mean, of... Beetlejuice was certainly on my yes, right list, but that's not too. exactly a horror film. It's, it's uh. Kind of... I mean, it's it's in that. I would have taken realm. that. Yeah. I would have said that one for sure. I mean, actually, I, I would say that's sort of that. a horror comedy. It is in a lot yeah. of ways. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's just so many, man. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kay? Did you have a? Uh, I was. Like I really wanted to talk about, even though I don't know much about these, I just love them. Is um, Dead Alive. Um, oh yeah yeah that's in the 90s though i think that came out in 91 yeah oh well that's because it was just because it was low i mean like very uh the way he he used to shoot stuff it like looked low budget so it looked older you know yeah if it was the 80s i would have totally snatched that up yeah so funny i was thinking that you would that i didn't realize it was 90s um, a-, a alien actually was another one i, w- I was uh, oh yeah or aliens yeah or aliens yeah, yeah. oh um, shit yeah uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, fucking Alien's great. I, know, I was also so Reanimator. I was thinking about, but yes, I thought about that too. Reanimator was very good. That one's just too fucking silly. It is so good, but <laughs> so silly. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's like one of the more successful, you know, H.P. Lovecraft uh, film adap- adaptations. Because, like, I don't know, it's like, so with early Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft, like, it's just, they it's so hard for them to do good ad- adaptations yeah. or, or do we get a good movie, you know? I know. I think it's just trying, to, crazy. trying to get the atmosphere is just always... I yeah. know. Oh, Children of the Corn. I had thought about doing Children <laughs> I love Children of the <laughs> yeah, Corn, man. It's, it's good. Really? It's cheesy and stuff. I do, uh, though. It's like, they. I feel like they really capt- captured the atmosphere in, the, in that one. I think you're of, right. Of, like, yeah. the King universe, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like there's a haze kind of over everything, and, and it really, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. the one I, the one I really, woman, I know that's so funny. <laughs> the one I really wanted to do was Poltergeist, and I would love to talk about that in the future. But yeah, I was sure, like, yeah. I was like, what's one that I would actually watch anytime, and I really love, you know. I haven't yeah. seen Poltergeist in a long time. I need to. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really. What is it? That. Pepper's Ghosts. They do a lot of that on there. Yeah, that effect. I love that shit. I love the way that looks. It's really sad because Toby Hooper, the dude who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he was, I don't know if you heard Joe Bob talk about this, but he was the director of that movie and then Spielberg kind of swooped in and took it over. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't remember the circumstances of why that happened, but. That sounds so unlikely. Was was, uh, Texas Chainsaw, was that 70s? Yeah, it's like seventy eight yeah. or seventy six, maybe. I'm not sure. That sounds movie. like yeah. Jim Jarmusch stealing like a fucking superhero movie from somebody. Like, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's so silly. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I just like. I mean, we did. We just named a few. I mean, sure. there's also all the really great foreign yes. horror movies that were coming around, mm-hmm. like a lot of the Italian directors, and they yes. had some really great French, uh, French horror movies as well. Yeah, um, it's impossible. So many, yeah, and like, and, t- and now like timeless figures. Yeah. Um, oh my you know, god, like, that's so funny. That, now that, I feel that, silly that, for they... creep show, but you know, it's that's uh, good yeah. Shit. No, don't feel sorry. Don't feel silly for that because that's I, I was on the top of my list too. Yeah, yeah, creep show is was definitely up there for me too. It's uh, yeah. I mean, and they and they still are are reaching back to the eighties for these characters. Oh, I know. I mean, it's which is just yeah. I mean, God, the fucking Jason versus uh, Freddy <laughs> shit, you know? Or Alien versus Predator. Yeah, Alien versus Predator. Yep. Man, well, actually, those so were bo- those were books. Were they? Yeah, because like, 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 like yeah, it was yeah, it was uh, yeah. yeah, super weird. So I guess course. Halloween was filmed in my neighborhood over here in South Pasadena, and we're right by the Halloween house. I mean, it's been moved, but it's just like a law firm or something now. But there's just been like like tourists all October around here just taking so pictures sure. and stuff around. <laughs> and there's this like gallery next door that just plays the Halloween music like nonstop all day. Oh hell yeah. It's pretty Jesus awesome. Christ. I would I would go insane. <laughs> and you see, I like, would I I would become Mike Myers and I would kill yeah, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. It's, it's I can hear it funny. now. Um yeah, well you got any anything else or no, no, I think that about sums it up. Yeah, that was really interesting. I, I there's a lot I I need to rewatch it now because I haven't seen yeah. it in, yes, in a couple it's, years. It's but a I, lot of there's a lot I didn't know. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot more, and and I would recommend the documentary too. Yeah, it's really I'll have to good. Check those out. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, this kind of completes our October series. Um, Woo! and we will be uh, picking our winner soon. So yep. uh, just stay tuned for that, and of course, the winner will get a nice little care package of creepy. Spooky stuff. You'll get it after Halloween, but it'll be a nice like Halloween 
that keeps on giving. Yeah, you know? and it's it just we really want to show our, our appreciation, uh, you know, to those of you who have stuck with us and yes. you know continue to to listen to us and you know, and hopefully you can grow with us and yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I guess we should do plugs. Oh, I just want to say real quick before we do plugs. Um, I, 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 on behalf of everybody, sorry that this is such a restricted Halloween for lots of people. It's it's the most yeah wonderful yeah. time of the year, and it's it's just a super bummer that you know it, it can't be the same as all years before, and it's on a goddamn Friday, isn't that what's going on? Saturday, Sounds Saturday, damn. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, know, I'm so upset. I hope that you uh, all are still enjoying this season very much and, you know, getting all of your, your good spookiness in and, and yep. you know, maybe you'll dress up and have a Zoom, you know, Halloween party or social distance, but I hope you enjoy this season. Just Halloween marathon is some in horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Halloween is in your heart. Halloween's Goddamn in the right it's in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Satan's not in your costume. Satan's in your heart. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, plugs. Um, do, do, do. Where's my mouse? There we go. So, you can follow <laughs> us on Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast, Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod. And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. And uh, definitely give us a, a rating, or uh, that would yes. be greatly appreciated on iTunes or mm-hmm. any other places that necessitate that. I, I, Share us, spread I the agree. word. That'd be really appreciated as well. Mm-hmm. I concur. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you can find me, Heather, at H dot n dot thomas on instagram heather thomas on facebook heather w thomas on twitter and you can find my narrations on tales to terrify chilling tales for dark nights pseudopod and creepy what about you kate you can find me on instaham at frothy stardog <laughs> and nice. just go ahead and hit that hit that request follow button and i i will oblige to let you follow me into the depths of hell <laughs> And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. And I kind of felt like a little beggar, like, please, sir, could I have some more likes? Can I have some more likes, please? Could I have some more, more likes? <laughs> <laughs> Before I go back to the coal mines. <laughs> exactly. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy uh, Halloween. Thank you for listening. And we will be back with uh, more uh, tales of the macabre. That's and right. Strange. <laughs> this is well, Halloween. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.